Well, good morning, church. Here I am in the foyer of the church, and I'm thinking about you today. And I want to just let you know that I love you, and I miss you, and hopefully soon you'll be back with us again. As you very well know, we've started our services back. Last week we had three services, and this week we are only having two services. And so if you'd like to be a part of those uh, services in the future, uh, feel free to call us during the week. Make sure you do to reserve one of those spots. We're still keeping our social distancing and we're trying to do everything to keep everybody safe. But know that we are missing you, but we love you. And we know that you'll be back with us as soon as you can. I'm going to take communion with you this morning in just a moment. But before I do, I just want to let you know that um, we are still... Uh, we're still here for you and we're still praying for you and your families and in the world in which we live and I'm going to talk today about being an overcomer and how it is that we can overcome the things that are around us today because there's a lot of stuff going on and I know you know that but there's one good point where we can focus on today as we take communion together and that is simply that God is still in control and God still knows what's going on and God is going to get us through all of this because we are overcomers. The scripture in Isaiah, and I love this, this was foretold hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus came and died on the cross for you and for me. And in Isaiah, and I've, I've used the scripture this morning from Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. And isn't that the truth? Is that 
God loved you so much, loved me so much, that he was willing to send his son to die on a cross for our sins. And when we take this communion, what we're doing and what we're called to do is just remember what he did on the cross for us. So as we take this bread this morning, I want to pray for this. And I know that you and your family are taking that together and remembering what it was that Jesus did for us. So let us pray. Father, we do thank you for all your love for us. The greatest love that was ever shown was you giving your son to die on a cross. Father, we take this bread this morning together as a family and we do remember what Jesus did on the cross to make us whole. We take this in his name. Amen. And as we take this cup this morning together, may we remember it was the blood of Jesus that was shed so that we might have the forgiveness of sin. Without the shedding of the blood, we would still be in our sins. But he paid the debt that we could not pay. And it was because of his blood being shed for us, we stand clear, clean before Heavenly Father. Let us remember that. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you for the blood of Jesus that was given for us on our behalf. Jesus, we thank you for what you did on that cross. We know that when you said it is finished, it meant that we had a chance to be redeemed through your blood. And we remember that now as we take this, that we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, folks, we're going to have a song, and then I'll be back to give you a message. But don't forget, you are an overcomer. God bless you. Talk to you soon.
All right, made it back. Once again, it's good to be with you today. I know you might be getting tired of this thing because kind of long distance relationships here in this videotaping, but uh, we just appreciate your patience with all of this and and again, know that, that we love you. I want to talk to you, as I mentioned earlier, I want to talk to you today about overcoming. Now, I can guarantee you that you believe these two scriptures. You believe scripture, I'm sure, but you believe that for nothing is impossible with God, don't you? Sure you do. You also believe that I can do, you can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. And you say amen. Well, we do. Let me share a story with you as we get started. This is a little lengthy story, but I hope that it makes sense and kind of pulls everything together for you. It's a story by Ed Young. Ed Young tells this story. He tells of an old fellow that had been in the North Woods for several weeks camping out by himself. Each night at dusk, he would build a campfire, of course, boil some water for coffee, and took out the skillet, cast iron skillet, and fried him up some bacon for dinner every night. As he was sitting by the fire one night, with the water boiling and the bacon frying, he heard a tremendous racket in the bush. And so he looked up and he was frightened by what he heard. The trees snapping and branches snapping and just the noise. He said it sounded like a freight train. And he said there in the clearing stood the biggest bear that he'd ever seen. And on the bear's back was this tough looking old fellow holding a seven foot long rattlesnake, live rattlesnake at that. The man shouted and he screamed and he brought the bear to a halt. He bit off the rattlesnake's head and threw it into the woods. He slid off that bear, smacked the bear in the nose and just knocked him plumb out. He, the wide-eyed um, camper, he was just amazed at what was going on. So the, the man that knocked the bear out, he just comes right over to the campfire, doesn't say anything. He reaches down and grabs that boiling water and just chug-a-lugs it up. He reaches down and drinks even the hot grease from the frying pan and, and eats all the bacon with one bite. Wiping his hands off with poison ivy, he smacks the bear back into consciousness, crawls on its back, and looks at the old camper and simply says, Partner, I'm sorry that I can't stay around here very long and visit with you anymore. He said, I've got to keep moving because there's a real bad dude chasing me. <laughs> Now, we, I laugh at that because of this fact. For the past three months or so, we have been frightened by a terrible thing called COVID-19. But by all means, we have to remember something. And that is, not, it is nothing compared, it is nothing compared to the real bad dude that's been chasing us from the beginning of time. So today I do want to talk to you about and what we need to do. What we need to do, and we need to do everything that we can to make this transition through this trying time successfully. Because I know that's what you want for your family. That's what you want for yourself. And certainly we want it for the church. There is no doubt in that. So you know the old saying, if someone gives you a lemonade, lemons, you make lemonade. And that's kind of what's been happening. Satan has tried his best and is trying to defeat us. He is the real bad dude. 
In John 10.10, I gave to you last week, if you remember, Jesus came to give us a life full, but Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. But we must believe that together we can overcome. Amen? Amen. So, make no mistake, and let it be said today very clearly, the war that we are in is not against the COVID virus. It is not against the racial divide that we see the riots in the streets. It is and will always be a spiritual war. Look up Ephesians chapter 6. And the answer is not the vaccine, and the answer is not new laws written that will save us. Our nation has a cure for both of those things, and his name is Jesus. That's right. And in light of what we have been through and what we're going through and what we will face in the future itself, we as children of God, according to 1 Peter chapter 5, we as children of God, we are called to stand in our faith and seek His face no matter what may come our way. And I pray that that's what you're, you've been doing and will continue to do. We need to do our part in seeing our prayers come to pass. Now I'm sure that you've been praying about this. I'm sure that you want your prayers answered just like all of us do here at church. We need to be united in those prayers and praying that God will allow us to do the things that He's called us to do during this time of all of this stuff going on. You see, when God gives us a challenge, no matter what it is in life, when God gives you a challenge, be a challenge in life, He always gives us a possibility to overcome it. No matter what it is that we go through in our lives, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy, because it's not. But it means will we trust Him, will we obey Him in this process to allow Him to work through us in all of this. In John 15, verse number 5, these words are said, Jesus Himself, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, apart from God, we can't get through this. Apart from God, we can't get through all the struggles that our world is going through, our nation is going through, and our cities are going through. The answer is Jesus. Now, if that is true, and it is, we got a lot of work to do. You and I. That's right. For us to come out of this with success, there's a lot of work on your part and my part as well. So let's get started. You see the way I look at it, all of this, that all of this could have happened years before you ever got here, we ever got here. This could have all taken place years after we were all long gone. But here it is nonetheless. Here it is and we are in the middle of all of those things. And the challenge before us is to walk by faith, walk by faith with Him. Now notice I said, with Him. And that's really important. He must have faith in us, or this wouldn't be our challenge. And so what I think He's wanting now from us is to know whether or not we're going to have the faith to be able to work through this with Him on our side. For we walk by faith. And our faith is the action. If we walk by faith, the walking part is the action part. It's not faith standing still. It's not faith doing nothing. It's faith with action behind it. 
showing to God or showing God that we really mean business in this walk with him in our faith. Now, if nothing is impossible with God, and that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then the question is, are we and will we do it? Now, one of the first things that you have to get out of the way when you want success in your life, when you are faced with trials, no matter what it is that you're going through, one of the first things you have to move out of the way as a Christian is the thought pattern of, I can't really make a difference. I can't make a difference in all of this. Not me, I'm just one little old me and I can't change things. Well, Anita Roderick said it this way. She said, if you think you're too small to have an impact in life, try going to bed with a mosquito in your room. You ever do that? It only takes one and it's real little and it really makes a big difference, doesn't it? Sure it does. Sure it's true that you can't do everything, neither can I. We're not supposed to do everything, but we are supposed to do our part. And we have to do our part with faith in God through this. Now, again, you can't do everything, but you can do something. We're called to do it by God to start because we are facing a real bad dude and he has been chasing us and he is after us and he wants to destroy us. So could it be, and, and I suggest this because in my readings this week, God really placed it on my heart. Could it be, and I know I struggle with this, and perhaps you do, and maybe you don't, not judging here, but could it be that we read something from God's Word and we say we believe it? And we do, of course. But in that same process, deep down inside, we think something else. We kind of lean in a different direction. Our faith is weakened by what we see or what we hear in our lives. We have the evidence of God's power all around us, and yet we struggle with just the opposite, especially during troubled times. See, it's real easy to trust God when everything's smooth sailing, but when the troubles come, there's where we get a little mixed up. So, if and on Sunday, I will, would be showing this uh, on the, you know, the video or whatever, um, on the screen. It, which one of the two animals are more likely to kill you? A shark, Jaws, or Bambi, the deer? Think about that. Which one's more likely to kill you, the shark or the deer? Well, the true answer is the deer. That's right. It's said that you are more likely to be killed by or be taken out by a deer than you are a shark. 300 times more likely. And yet we're not afraid to go out at night, are we? And drive down the roads? We do it all the time. And yet none of us want to go into the ocean when it's dark into the deep because we're afraid of jaws. But you see, it just sounds normal that the shark is more likely to take us out. But it's not true. So we have evidence in one thing, but kind of lean toward the other. It can happen in your spiritual life as well. And this is where we come in. And where the, that takes place most of the time is in our faith department. And the real bad dude, the real bad dude, 
is counting on us to do just that, is to read God's Word, but kind of lean in the not-so-much-faith category. That's exactly right. And sometimes we get God's promise in our hearts, standing on the promises of God, we say, and we should. Sometimes we pray God's Word. If you've never prayed God's Word, all you've got to do is open His Word up, read it, and then pray it to God. God, I love this verse. Lord, I'm believing this verse for my family. I'm believing this verse. So sometimes we, we pray God's Word, and then sometimes, uh, and through that, we believe God's Word, of course, and then we sit back and we simply say, okay, God, it's all left up to you. I've done my part. Now you just do all the other stuff. Well, listen, God is not a puppet on a string. He is not a genie in a bottle. And he is not a butler at our beck and call. Now, he is, he is a God, a have-at-it God, when God's people don't do what God tells them to do. If you don't believe that, all you've got to do is look at the Israelites and they're wandering for 40 years. But he calls us to stand our ground and, in an active faith with him not our demands of him there's a big difference there our victories come your victory my victory comes when our faith is activated not demanded or a demanded order of God and if we will remember greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and that's true first John chapter 4 and that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, according to Scripture, then I know that I can get through this because God's promise is always true. Now, in the book of James, of course, he didn't have to write this, but he did write this, and it's there for you and for me. He goes on to say that, that in this process, and our faith without works is dead. You've probably heard that all your life. Faith without works is dead. Now we know that verse to be true, yet we have the tendency to think the opposite. But faith has a purpose. Its purpose is action. Is to say, I believe what you say, and then I move upon that in my life. With no action, one's faith is not real. For James says, it's dead. It means it's just lip service. And a lot of times, that's the way we are. We read it, and we say, I believe it, and then we go in the opposite direction. And God's saying, wait a minute. If you believe it, you take action with it. Now, it's kind of like without, without action, it's like a remote without batteries. Maybe you've done this at home, and men are notorious for doing this, I think, for at least I am. And you're watching TV and, you know, the men are always clicking through. And as we're clicking through, this thing's not working very well. And what do we do? The first thing we do is we look at it like that's going to help. And then we bang it on something and we try it again. And usually it works for a while. But then eventually it doesn't work at all. You see, and the reason why I say that it is this. In other words, you're going to have to do your part in order to be an overcomer. And you're going to have to do your part just like you would to put batteries into your remote control for it to work. And for you and I to be overcomers, we have to do our part. God has already set an order for us to be victorious. But you and I are called 
to do our part. Now, you say, yes, Arlie, I believe that. But it's so hard. I hear people say that. It's hard. Sure, it's hard. Can you, can you name one person in the greats of the Bible that had an easy go of it? I can't think of one. Not one. Abraham didn't have it easy. Joseph didn't have it easy. Daniel didn't have it easy. Peter and the disciples, they didn't have it easy. And we're not going to have it easy. There is no cakewalk with Jesus. However, there is always victory in Jesus. Give me an amen. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 teaches that. Trophies are not awarded. I mean, I know our world teaches something different today, but trophies are not awarded to everyone, but they are promised to the faithful. 1 John chapter 5. Now someone said long ago that courage, courage to stand in one moment in time can change a person's destiny. In fact, it can change the course of a nation. Just think, you and I, you and I are called by God to stand in our faith. And if we will stand in our faith, think about this, we could even change our nation that seems so chaotic right now. But God is saying, do you believe this? If you do, take the action with that faith. Reach out in love and reach out with respect and reach out and touch people's lives with the love of Christ. That's what he's called us to do. Sure it is. To emulate him in our lives. That's right. God's waiting. God's counting on us to take the first step of faith. Once the assignment, whatever that is that's given, he waits on his people to make the first step. Why does he do that, someone asked. Why does he do that? He does that because he wants to see if we will trust him or have faith in what he says that we are called to do. So he's saying, it's your turn. Are you ready? Jump in. It's your time. That's what happens to anyone that becomes a Christian. That's the way it happened when you became a Christian. He tells you what you must do to have eternal life, and then he waits for you to respond. And he waited. And some of you, you waited a long, long time. He waited a long time for you to respond because you knew the truth. And some of you might even be watching this today and have never responded. He's just waiting on you. He's patient with you. Why? Because he doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants all to come to repentance. Have you done that, my friend? And once you become this Christian, he does it over and over and over again. He gives you his directions, and then he waits on you and me to respond. He does it over and over again, not to get you saved. You're already saved. Not to keep you saved, because you're already saved. He does it to grow you and me spiritually. That's what God does for His people. He wants us to grow spiritually. And when we grow spiritually, we walk by faith more and not by sight only. We walk by that faith. And when you fail at it, which we will because I fail and you fail, and when we fail at it, He doesn't kick you out as some people would have you think. He picks you up. He dusts you off and He gives you more opportunities 
because he loves you and that you are his child. The truth is, and you know this, truth is 2020 hasn't started off the way you would have liked. None of us. None of us would have thought six months ago, back in December, not one person that I know of would have thought that we'd be going through all of this stuff, this chaos in our world today. But here we are. Here we are. And we can either, we can either fold our hands and do nothing at all, or we can trust the Lord and roll up our sleeves and activate our faith and take action for Him. Now, I believe that if we want 2020, the year 2020, to end better than it has started, that is exactly what we need to do. If we will all step forward and do what we can and activate just the faith that God has given us to achieve, we can then defeat that real bad dude. Remember again, John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you can bear much fruit. But apart from me, you and I can do absolutely nothing. Are you found in Him? If you are, praise God. Praise God. But if you're not, you can be found in Him if you choose to be found in Him today. You can be an overcomer. And for the rest of us that are Christians, oh, please understand, my friend, you can look in the mirror every day and simply say, I am an overcomer because Christ lives in me and I walk by faith, not by sight. And I'm going to trust you, Lord, to see us through all of this as we work together in declaring your glory. Let's pray together. Father God, what a wonderful, wonderful God you are. You loved us so much that you gave your Son so that we could be redeemed. Father, you understand all the things that we are going through. Nothing is new to you. It doesn't shock you of what our world is doing. It doesn't shock you that the sin of the world has got us to this point. But that's exactly what has happened. Father, this nation needs to turn. Not to more laws that are written, but they need to turn. We need to turn to You, Father. May we be the first in line, all of us that call ourselves Your children. May we remember that we are Your children. And may we worship and praise you for all things. But may we repent. For Father, if we repent and turn our eyes to you, you promised that you would heal our lands. We need a healing, Father. And it can only come from you, not from man. And so we pray today, Father, in faith, in faith, that you will do that. Help us to put our faith in action and reach out in love to all people for you gave your son for all not just some thank you lord for the privilege of serving you now in this season thank you father in jesus name amen
You are an overcomer. Don't you ever forget that. And you're an overcomer because of what Jesus did for you and for me. You have a wonderful week, my friend. God bless you. We'll be talking to you real soon, I promise. Jesus, you're my foundation.